Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Sorry, people playing the slots. Tough Lutsky. We get a little loud. We're going to get loud a lot today. Day two of the NFL draft. I think this is really where you build your team. First round picks. I mean, you better nail it. A lot of times you don't. Certainly in our hometown here with the Raiders, they haven't often. And this is the first test for the Ziggler, Champ Kelly, McDaniels trio to nail it. You remember last year their first pick was in the third round? Pretty good. Dylan Parham turned out to be a pretty good player. But uh, this is the time where the Raiders really have to nail a bunch of picks, a second, two-thirds. And remember what they're making up for here is some really bad years with Gruden first and then the Gruden-Mayock combo. So they got to nail a bunch of these picks. They're going to get some young cheap talent on this roster so very big day for the Raiders I'm super fired up today because not only are we in you know a sports bar sports book atmosphere at the Golden Circle so it's gonna be loud to be an energy here on the draft it's up on the clock 58 minutes until they uh, start the clock for the second round that'll be at four o'clock and we'll go up to the podium as much as we can but what I'm really excited about is I love all the rest of the company and they all know sports but if you look at the way we program this show, I have a lot of respect for former players because they've been there, um, and especially those who are good on radio, not to go down the jockocracy complaining path, but <laughs> there are a lot who aren't. Uh, you hear the laughter of Caleb Herring. Caleb's in today as the co-host, the analyst, and we know Caleb knows his football, and we got a big quarterback draft in the first round. Stories of guys slipping to the second, third, or beyond, so we'll get into all that, so... I'm freaking jacked today. I can't wait to see what happens. I love media and fan storylines because I think a lot of them will get obliterated again today yeah. about who's supposed to go where. But yesterday was really cool, and I'm, I'm glad you're here. It's, it's going to be fun. It's really cool to watch all of the predictions get blown up, and not in the cool, like, I love when people are wrong way, although that's fun sometimes. But it's just there's so many different ways that things can go. And we forget sometimes we're talking about people's futures. Like, these are young men that are dreamed of getting drafted at some point. So, you know, the projections of where they would go sometimes backfire. We see it every year, the dreaded green room, green room shot of the yep. guy who thought he was projected to go top ten or, you know, top five even. And then he's sitting there at the end of the day like, I didn't even pack another suit. Um, my my girlfriend's here. Yeah, my, my, my mom's here. She's trying to embrace me and make me feel better, which, in my opinion, always makes it worse. Like, Mom, don't hug me right now. It's embarrassing. Leave me alone. Um, I'm already, like, halfway to tears, right? So those kind of storylines pop up. Then there's also, you know, who picks who and who lands where and what's that going to look like for that team. We have a whole day, really, to think about it and digest it. And then storylines develop just from that on its own. So it's it's a fun time. Draft is always fun. Um, obviously, the results won't be known until we start playing on Sunday. Like, we won't really know what the worth of these guys are until three years. Yeah. Three years at, Absolutely. Almost, at almost every position. We get an early look. That first year, uh, what we see a lot of yesterday is draft philosophy. You know, people are going to break rank with what you're supposed to do during the draft. And I've been mentioning this all week and last week, and I will say it forever: the pillars of building a real franchise in the NFL are offensive tackles, defensive linemen, and cornerbacks. And that's who I would always try to pick, unless there was, you know, Peyton Manning in the draft. I'm going to stick to that. And by the way, one of the big stories yesterday was the Eagles and how do they build their team, right? So. We got all these storylines to get into. We got the guys who supposedly slipped. I don't like that term. But let's start out breaking down the top of the draft. Bryce Young got selected. That was not a surprise. A couple of smoke screens along the way, but the quarterback from Alabama goes to the Carolina Panthers. And I immediately said, I don't like the pick. I know he's a number one pick. I don't like it. I don't think he's got a long term future. I don't like the body type. 
But this is going to be one of those, hey, four or five years from now, they could be like, you're an idiot. He was Russell Wilson. He was Drew Brees. 5'10 guys can make it in the NFL. I think by the track record, they can't. I think there's situations where they can. I think if you point to the Russell Wilson uh, scenario, uh, you say, well, Russell kind of was hidden in his early years by one of the best defenses ever assembled in NFL history with the Legion of Boom over there. Um, so that was kind of a timing thing, and he was cheap during that run when they were really good, when he really made a name for himself. Um, and then Drew Brees, for the reasons that the same concerns that you have with Bryce Young, Drew Brees was almost out of the league due to injury um, very early in his career. Now, he got a chance at redemption in New Orleans. Obviously, things worked out for his career. But if you're going to take a sample size of two and say that that's what you're basing your Bryce Young future predictions on, then that's fine. That's a very risky philosophy. I, too did not have Young as my number one quarterback. It was C.J. Stroud for me. Um, Young, I understand what he did and his composure and his maturity and the talent that he has. Uh, I just see him as more of an improvisational quarterback. And I think his style of play, the things that highlight and made him special in college, don't usually work out in the pros when things speed up a little bit. And I would, although it's not as sporadic and chaotic, I would compare him sort of to a more controlled version of Johnny Manziel where a lot of his highlights came from chaos and from his feel for the game. Now, Johnny Manziel was off the rails. Like, he did things that was just ridiculous in college. Um, and obviously, he didn't learn his lesson. He didn't slow it down or show any signs of composure in the NFL. But Bryce Young, I think, can compose himself a little more. But there's some similarities there where I think the things that make him special kind of dissipate. And then because of that, the things that hold him back are magnified because now he has to stay in the pocket more. And I don't care what anybody says – no matter how good your offensive line is, because the Panthers kind of have a good offensive line. They only gave up 36 sacks last year, so they're decent up front. I don't care how good they are. Being 5'10", standing in an NFL pocket when everybody's 6'5", 6'6", it's rushing crazy. You, it's going to be I difficult for him. So I, I don't know how. There's no getting I, around. And I was going to say you guys and Caleb play quarterback, but Caleb's 6'3", 6'4", and I'm telling you, when you stand on the field of football games, and even on the collegiate level in the Mountain West, when all the linemen are 6'3", to 6'5", I don't know how guys see. There's so many blind throws, and when you're – Bryce Young, who's uber-talented, played at the highest level, or even, like, Jake Hayner. There's a lot of passes. You just, hey, that's, that's where it's supposed to go. I'm going to throw it. Texans were a really big story. All the smoke screens again about Tyree Wilson at two, C.J. Stroud's test scores, which we'll get to that later on. Uh, in the end, they wind up taking who they believe is a franchise guy. You believe he's a franchise guy. And they go back to my pillars of football organizations. They move up to get what they think is the best player in the draft a defensive lineman and will anderson so a hell of a combo yeah they paid a lot but guess what three years from now both guys are really good no one's going to care what the cost was no and that's that's the thing about it sometimes it's worth the risk and i think for these two picks especially like you said i think the best quarterback in this draft class which is cj stroud going to get him and then before before the season uh, will anderson was projected as the best defensive player at least in college football um, he didn't have the Heisman season. Well, he kind of did, but there was just the Heisman was kind of going to a quarterback regardless. But just the fact that he's probably the best and most versatile of the defensive players available, um, going up to get him was worth it. So back-to-back picks for the Texans, I think, nailed the first round, for me, at least in my opinion, because I think immediately they flipped the expectations on their team. They have a plan going forward. C.J. Stroud is a pillar-type quarterback. He's a franchise guy you can build something around. There's, there's still some building to do, so he's not going to walk into a situation – uh, like Bryce's, where the Panthers have kind of did some some work to have something ready for him to start day one. 
Um, but C.J. Stroud, I think in two, three years, like most rookie quarterbacks or most new quarterbacks in the league, will take time to develop. I think C.J. Stroud develops into that guy. Um, and then with Will Anderson on the other side of the ball as one of the leaders and one of the impact players, I think the Texans have the groundwork for making some noise in the AFC. And I, I like those two picks. To me, outside of the Eagles, who just got some steals, honestly, I think they had the best first round with those two picks. I think the drafts are mostly the same. Uh, you know, if there's quarterbacks available who are really good, then they're going to go high. But the theme going into every draft from us, the media, is, hey, most fans, NFL fans, don't watch a lot of college football, so you're going to titillate them for six weeks talking about quarterbacks. And it's the same thing every year. There's a fifth or sixth quarterback who does not go in the first round, who gets hyped up to the point where, I mean – I don't know if it was trolling. I don't know what to believe anymore. But for pro football talk, not to just pick someone out, but for pro football talk to release their mock draft on Tuesday and have five quarterbacks going in the top 11, that's just stupid. And I'm not, I'm not ripping them because they may also behind the scenes be going, hey, we got a lot of hits on that, buddy. So you're an idiot. We were trolling. Maybe they were. But we know what's going to happen. One of them, if not two of them, is going to slip. It happens almost every year. We're at what now, like five of six years that the quarterbacks taken in the first round total has gone under. And we'll break down Levis a lot, but, you know, I'm looking up, hey, notable players. And I'm, I'm glad they said notable, not best players available. Right. Notable players available. Hendon Hooker, Will Levis. Do you want to make a bet right now on Levis? What do you got? Well, so we start out with the 32nd pick. And I'm seeing a lot of rumors like, hey, the Cardinals could grab him at 33. Lions could grab him at 34. Rams at 36. I know you like that one. Uh, could the Titans grab Levis at 41? Is Hooker uh, going to be one of these guys? I'll I'll even be nice so that uh, I'll look at the Titans, what, the Packers, Jets, Falcons. I'll go to 43 and a half. I'll go to the, the 43 and a half pick because we got to break ties that – I'm going to concentrate on Levis because okay. I think Hooker could sleep or slip even further. Yeah. I'll go to 43-and-a-half and say that Levis will not be selected in what is the first 11-12 picks of the second round. Will you take that? I'll go over. I'll go over 43-and-a-half pick. So it has to be 44 or beyond. Come on. He's like the hottest guy on every website. I just named five teams that can use him. So me, personally. Make the bet. <laughs> yeah, I, I would make the bet only because the Rams. That is the only team of the, the – and that's in the top – that's in the first six of the – that is the only team I could see drafting a quarterback with those picks. And that would be – I just – I think the Rams would be crazy and with I, all their needs. And I agree. They, I agree They are with that so thin at so many positions. They the, need to make every freaking pick. The only and reason – they don't – like to use – to use it on a guy like – I just – God. The crazy. only reason I would say that they might be doing it is because I, I – because of them giving up Jalen Ramsey – I think they may be in tank mode for the next two years. They may not have any intention of winning for the next. They might be satisfied with the ring from two years ago and say, we're just going to rest a little while, build for the future, and, hey, this guy, two, three years down now when we really want to go for it again, may be a guy we want to just have waiting in the wing. That's the only reason I would take the under. And that, it's honestly just to go against you. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think it's going over. I don't think. There's, come on, there's no, there's that, that was some heart. There's five teams that could use a quarterback, but they all drafted a quarterback last year. 
That's a problem. The, t- the Titans That's just drafted. It's kind of sucking in on that one. <laughs> yeah, the Titans drafted uh, a co- the same situation. They're all they're in te- they're all in terrible positions. Right. It's like it's like who would who wants to go two years in a row drafting a quarterback this high? Yep. Like they, it, it's it's inexcusable because it's basically saying you admit you were wrong. You, you're throwing the white flag hey. already on your project. Guy. Teams have done it. Cardinals did it a couple of years ago, and they made the right that's, move. That's uh, you true. may not like. Kyler Murray, but he's a good player, wins games, got his money. Josh Rosen, if they had stuck with him and stuck with that mistake, that would have been a disaster. Everyone, they, oh, yeah. they eventually all did get fired, but everyone would have been fired uh, over and over again. Uh, let's do a giveaway here. 364-1100, Laughlin. ZZ Top's going to be playing on May 5th. Ticketmaster.com is where you can grab your tickets. ZZ Top, Laughlin, Friday, May 5th. Ticketmaster.com, you can get your tickets. But we got two right now with Ari. 364-1100. Three six four one one zero zero. We take a deep breath. We come back. We're going to get into the Raiders' number one pick. They had a lot of available defensive players on the board. They went with a behemoth who can play outside. Can he play inside? We'll start to break down Tyree Wilson on this Friday. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. 40 minutes until the beginning of the second round. You hear it, the number seven pick in the draft yesterday. A lot of defensive players to choose from. The Raiders go with a behemoth, 6'6", 275, Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech. And can he play inside? Well, maybe. We'll discuss that. Here's what's coming up for the Raiders today. They've got pick 38 in the second round, so that's just a half dozen picks into the second. Pick 70, that's in the third, and pick 100 from the Darren Waller deal. So it's a big day today, and we'll see if they move around, they move back. Let's get a reaction from Champ Kelly and Dave Ziegler. This was yesterday, last night, on the excitement level for – let me get the right one here, Ari. The excitement level for day number two and what they can get done. Extremely excited, right? You got an opportunity – it's the culmination of all the work that these guys have been putting in and all of us have been putting in for nearly a year now. And so to get an opportunity, um, get some rest tonight, come back in bright and early, reassess where we are um, and, and the players that are available um, and, and confident in the work that we've put in, you know, we're going to be able to add some more players that, you know, will have a chance to be, you know, quality Raiders in the future. There you go. Champ Kelly. With these three picks, I would prefer linemen and cornerbacks. I'm talking offensive linemen and cornerbacks. I understand that the quarterbacks are attractive for a franchise that has an older guy. And Jimmy G, Dave Ziegler spoke about the fact that Levis and Hendon Hooker are still available. Yeah, good players, good college players. Um, um, from a you know, we've got to spend time with both of those both of those young men. Um, good personalities, um, good character traits. Um, both of them um, a little different paths, um, you know, and then some similarities in terms of them transferring to different schools and things like that. And you've seen them um, Hendon play in two different systems, well more in the, in the Kentucky system. But um, two good players, two, you know, good football character, and, yeah, like them. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ended with a like them. My bet could be up in smoke already. My prediction, because uh, Caleb has under 43.5. I have over 43.5. We don't even have to predict what they're going to do with these two guys. What would you like them to do? Am I wrong on using these three picks on cornerbacks and a tackle prospect? I, no, you're not wrong at all. I, I think 
it depends on how how good the tackles are that are left, which which pick I would use on the tackle. But I absolutely agree. I think defense is priority, which I'm glad they got the right side of the ball right this year. Like they've needed defensive work. I thought cornerback should have been a higher priority with that that early first round pick. But I'm not upset about it because I think if you go back to the the draft philosophy and thinking what the Raiders were bad at last year. Now, they were bad in coverage, giving up like 250 yards through the air a game, uh, but they were also very bad at getting quarterback pressures, which kind of is the two different sides of the same coin, right? Like you, you can stop the pass game by pressuring the quarterback better, so you go get an edge rusher, which makes sense. So you go draft your need, get an edge rusher, and, and Tyree is definitely that. With his length, um, his size, rushing the edge across from Max Crosby, I think you got a, a nice little pass rush coming together. Um, I do think that... Uh, that Jalen was probably the best defensive lineman, and he's capable of getting pressure on the passer um, out of Georgia. I mean, we saw him do that as well, but he was probably the best available defensive lineman, but the Raiders liked their pick. I, I, I don't have a problem with going with an edge rusher, but I think with the rest of the draft, they need to focus on defense. And if they get a quality tackle late, um, I don't mind that either. I don't. I think the tackles went early. The, the guys that I would have drafted, they all kind of went early. There's other teams that address that need. Um, I looked at one list of best available, and the next five best available offensive linemen are really uh, guards and center. Right. So now the, you know you could take a tackle with pick hundred. I suppose tight end could come into the mix. I don't think they should do that. Let's let's build more on Tyree Wilson. So he's the star of this class so far, with one player selected. Like I mentioned, Texas Tech guy, rumored to go as high as number two, six six, two seventy five, two eighty. Seems like a real nice kid. I mean, you know, just watching interviews, you don't get a full scope of who right. he really is. But uh, Dave Ziegler spoke about the fact that they look up, and they got a choice of a bunch of different defensive players, and Tyree Wilson, a highly rated guy, sitting there at number seven. Definitely were excited that, that he was there, wasn't, you know, going into it. Um, you know, weren't sure whether he was going to be there or not. We had our group of players that we liked in that area. Um, but, you know, I think the magic number for us as we went in were how many quarterbacks were going to be taken and, you know, who that was going to push down the board. And so... Yeah, very excited when we saw that he was still there and um, excited to have him. So I think the excitement of him still being there was, again, based on their draft philosophy. I think initially they had him as, if we're going defensive line, he's going to be our guy, regardless of Jalen Carter. Um, so in that respect, I respect the pick. I wouldn't have been my pick, but for the Raiders and their need and what they felt like, just listen to that little snippet, they had already had notions that he was their guy from their interviews, the on-field assessment, whatever else they, you know, their analysis was of what their team needs were, they decided that a defensive line and a pass rush was more important than secondary coverage and the ability to break up passes, intercept the ball, whatever, down the field. I think they wanted to share up their pass rush. In that same light, I would have liked to see them share up their whole defensive line because it wasn't like they were phenomenal against the run game either. I think Jalen Carter being available there answered both questions. Um, but I think with the Raiders' track record and history of problems off the field, that may have factored into kind of scaring them off of Jalen Carter and getting right back to uh, their guy, Tyree Wilson. That's Caleb Herring. Steve Cofield here, Golden Circle Sportsbook, and Bar is the site. Second round's coming up in about 35 minutes. Here's Dave Ziegler, GM of the Raiders, talking about just the evaluation of Tyree Wilson. Yeah, I mean, all those things, you have to, you have to take all those things into consideration, as we've talked about before. You know, whether it's um, the play on the field, character, 
you know, injuries, all those different types of things. And so ultimately we had him here. Uh, we felt comfortable um, with where he is medically and things of that nature. And so um, it made sense for us. It wasn't something that ultimately, if it was something that was going to keep us from doing it, obviously we wouldn't have done that. We have players that um, aren't on the board for medical reasons. And uh, we go through a long process of the medical stuff. Our doctors, there's the combine, the combine rechecks. Then we did our own medical stuff when he was here and you know, felt comfortable with it. Give me one more, Ziegler, and I think Champ Kelly's on this as well, in talking about the importance of having guys in for visits, and Tyree Wilson was in Vegas to check out the Raiders, and the Raiders could check out Tyree Wilson. It definitely had a big impact. When we when we were able to bring guys in for 30 visits, it's, you know, you have a, more of an unlimited time to be able to, um, you know, dig on the player. And so... I'm not going to get into all the things that we do on 30 visits, but I would tell you that they're very thorough and we have a very, very strong understanding of where the player is uh, medically, personally, and I'd say just from a football intelligence standpoint. So to be able to get him here and go through that process definitely um, made it a more comfortable situation for us. You know, I'll, I'll add to that as well. You know, we, we also have our area scouts put in a ton of work, you know, gathering information you know, about him prior to, to him coming in. And so you got, you know, Calvin Branch and Kyle Caballera and um, Matt Hand, Curtis Knox and Ryan Gravel. Like those, those guys spend a ton of time finding out and detailing the player before, before they even come in for the 30 visit. The visits are gigantic. And I know, you know, people question why they bring in so many guys, especially guys that they probably have no interest in in talking or uh, in drafting, but sometimes maybe something changes your mind. Um, you could have three other guys in, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, now we don't want them. And you remember Tyree we talked to just a couple days ago, kind of liked him. So uh, the fact that players are willing to go and visit, and, and Bryce Young at some point when the Panthers are like, you're going to be the number one pick. It, yeah. You know, it, and Bryce Young cut it off. He's like, I'm not going to visit 15 other spots. But it's a good thing the Raiders got guys in, and it's also a good way to get them enthused about what the organization is and the facilities and what Vegas looks like. Yeah, it's not the same as like college recruiting trips, obviously, because you know, they're not in control of their destiny when it comes to getting drafted. Um, but there's also like a smoke and mirrors element to it for like the owners and GMs to kind of like say, hey, we had this guy come visit. Maybe we're super interested in it. Maybe it changes somebody else's draft. There's, there's a lot of probably behind-the-scenes stuff that goes into that. Um, and maybe even just getting a peek at somebody else's prospect. Like, hey, we know you're going there. We know they're taking you. We want to get to know what kind of guy you are. Like, we want to see what's going on with you. Just, you know, for future reference maybe down the road. On the way back, let's find out or at least examine because we're not going to know for a couple years. Did the Raiders just go the safe route and completely blow this with Jalen Carter and pass on, uh, I don't know, you know, Warren Sapp? Come hang with Cofield and company at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Free parking, great food and drink specials, and giveaways. Every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Yeah, talking about Jalen Carter, that's the other guy the Raiders could have taken. I think there was a lot of interest in Christian Gonzalez from fans as well. He's the cornerback from both Colorado and Oregon. We'll get to him a little later, but... On the subject of Carter, you know, it's interesting. Pete Prisco loves him. He's uh, one of the NFL guys from CBS, which, by the way, Pete was also pushing. And he'll, he'll have to live with this, and maybe he's going to be right. Prisco was saying that Will Levis is the best quarterback in the draft, so he might be right. You never know. But on Carter, this whole, you know, he got in trouble. I know that. Like, okay, it matters. And Caleb mentioned it five minutes ago. With the Raiders, it should matter. With the recent history of terrible picks who turned out to be I don't know if they're terrible human beings, but really dangerous guys. And, uh, you know, in the case of one of them, they killed somebody. 
Henry Ruggs, right? And he's, I think he's still in town, you know, awaiting trial. These things do matter. They matter. And, like, on the surface, I get the notion that, hey, there's other Georgia players who are there. They can help you. Maybe. I, I mean, they, those guys were also around last year and this year, and then he got in trouble, you know, drag racing, and apparently he's had a problem, you know, driving like a freaking lunatic. So the red flags are there, and this may work out. Yeah. And, hey, maybe the maybe – the, and that's another thing. Someone could fire back and go, hey, the Raiders' culture – Maybe it hasn't changed enough, and it's you know too close to what it was a couple of years ago. It's not the place to go into if you have issues. Maybe Philly is. Yeah, and then there's also the, I think, lingering uh, stereotype of Las Vegas in general. It's still there, not as much as it used to be, because over the years we've kind of proven as a community that we're not that, you know, that stigma of what Vegas is, that it's not all that. But people still have that, and aesthetics matter, like you said. It's not just... It's not made up to say that these things are can be an issue. I was going to push back on the whole notion that because he has former Georgia teammates, that's somehow going to make his transition easier or better or smoother. Or he's going to behave himself because he's around people he knows. That's literally the opposite effect. When you're comfortable around really? the people, I feel like you're more inclined to do the things that get you in trouble. It's the same story of like a college guy that goes back home during the summer and gets in trouble because he's hanging around the old guys, the old his old buddies that maybe have some of the old bad habits that he's trying to shake. It's the same thing. I want a guy to come in with a veteran who he doesn't know, who he has to respect because he's a veteran, right? Like I'm not going to come in being buddy buddies with a guy in the locker room. I want if I'm worried about character issues, I want a guy in the locker room who demands the respect, who's not my friend, who's like, hey, you're going to do things the right way, this organization's way, or else we're not going to be. Kiki ended up in the back of the, the meetings right now. You got something to prove, young buck. Like, that should be the tone. Hopefully, the guys from Georgia get that. Hopefully, with the Super Bowl experience and what the Eagles were able to do last year, they matured enough to say, like, hey, you know, you got Jalen Hurts in the locker room who's probably the most mature human being on earth with the way he handles things. Hopefully, that's an influence on him. But I, I would push back on the notion that his friends being in the locker room is a positive for the Eagles. I think that's something um, to worry about, honestly. There is a reason 18's passed on Jalen Carter. Again, to go back to someone talking before the draft about just how awesome this guy is if he keeps his head on straight. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah, one of the uh, talent scout dudes for NFL Network, really loves Jalen Carter. He's the most talented player in the whole draft, period. His tape is more dominant than anybody else in the draft. If he's got everything buttoned up and he plays to his level, he would emerge five years from now. He look back and say, that's the best player in the draft. But that's a big if because he's got to handle all of his other business. But that's a hard thing to find. There are only a handful of dominant interior defensive linemen in this league, and that changes your defense if you get one of those. If, if, if. It's a big if. Yes, it is a big if. Because, number one, we're talking about, you know, character stuff off the field. Um, it's not just that. It's stuff that affects your performance. Coming in overweight. Jalen Carter had a problem with his weight, and that affects your on-the-field play. How many plays can you actually play? Are you going to be available? Are you going to be injured? Those are things that go into this, right? And it all stems from character issues. If you're buttoned up and if you're all together, that's a lot of money to be spending on a guy with these early draft picks to be have that many ifs, right? I will agree. When he's on the field, most dominant force in college football, right, last season. But when he's, if he's not going to be on the field for whatever reason, then what good is it, right? And those are things that go – now, saying he's slipped, he's still a top 20 pick, top 10 pick in the draft. So saying he's slipped, okay. 
I think the punch deal. in the face for everyone is that the Eagles are already really good defensively, that's what, that's and now exactly they've added more defensive talent. Yeah, just loaded up the defensive line. It's like, well, geez, you guys just went to the Super Bowl. How would you pull this off, right? Your defense got better in a way? Like, come on. What's going on? Probably. Yeah, and they, they, they weren't even full strength. Than, yeah, that's – again, when I talk about the pillars of good football organizations, you draft for two years ahead. Yeah. Like Fletcher Cox, last year when they, they go and they get the, you know, freaking behemoth defensive tackle – from Georgia, it's like, oh, there they have Fletcher Cox. Well, Cox actually had a kind of a backslide last year. Yeah. And wasn't great. So now they've got two defensive linemen, you know, then backed up on the next level by Nicobe Dean, who they got, you know, after he was injured, they got him in the third round. And now they had another guy, Nolan Smith, who's, a, you know, <laughs> potentially another edge guy, which I want to get into that conversation too, because there's different philosophies on what you need out of an edge guy. Do you want someone who's 275 or you want someone who's 245? It was really interesting watching. There was a uh, pod last night. Our buddy Michael Felder, our college football insider, was part of this. And Micah Parsons, the Cowboys' edge rusher, was on the show. And he was getting all worked up that the Eagles were adding defensive players, but especially the fact that they went out and got Jalen Carter in division. But I'm just sick. I'm just sick to my stomach right now. I'm just sick to my stomach. I can't believe that many teams passed up on me. It's going to be okay. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. The value, I'm Come just on. so shocked. Nine teams, eight teams let Jalen Carter fall to nine for this. Come on, like, man. Come uh, on, bro. Come on, man. Come on, bro. Um, Micah Parsons is very interesting because Micah Parsons slipped because people thought he was a horse's ass. Yeah. Now, is he delusional or is he actually an expert on this? Like, hey, all that stuff they thought I did, I was fine. Jalen Carter will be fine. Yeah. I think he might be the special case where he's a knucklehead, but he kind of has it under control. It's a part of who he is, not necessarily a character flaw. Like, that's just – there's guys that are like that. There's guys that can operate in that, that zone of kind of goofy, kind of not all the way there, um, but it works for them. I don't know if that's Jalen Carter. Yet, it's yet to be, I don't know him well enough to make that decision or to make that assessment of his character, but hopefully that's the case, right, where Jalen Carter kind of has it under control. He can shut it down when he needs to and lock in. Um, but we'll see. The The fact that Parsons is one of the most dominant defensive players in the NFL, and it didn't take him very long to achieve that status, by the way. Like He, he came in kind of ready to go. Um, and he can probably assess some of those same characteristics in other people. Like, that makes sense. Like, I could see it in Jalen Carter. So I, I, I would trust his word. Like, if he's shocked by it, and he's probably going just on a talent basis, yeah, I'd be, I, it's shocking that that many teams passed on him. Um, but, again, all the other stuff, you know, the S2, we'll talk about that later, those kind of things obviously have a sway on the ownership and how they make these decisions at the top. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to lvsportsnetwork.com and go to podcasts to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. The NFL Draft is for everyone, all ages, all genders. We all love it. We're all fired up for the second round to begin, and we're going to be following the uh, – the Raiders pick, and Joey Porter, that's an interesting story. Caleb's here. It's Cofield, ESPN Las Vegas. I want to go on the ground in Kansas City, and Kate Feeney is covering the event for herself because she's got this multimedia conglomerate she's uh, developed. Also, courtesy of YouTube, Kate is on the horn with Cofield and company. Kate, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, we're good. We're good. I was uh, checking out some of the uh, work yesterday, and I know a lot of that stuff's still going to be published, uh, so a lot of good stuff on the way, but... Tell me yesterday what it was like hanging out on the red carpet. 
it was a really cool experience. This is my first NFL draft, and like one of my favorite parts about going to events like this is seeing the players dress up and getting to hear about their fashion info and just all of the things that you don't typically hear them talk about or um, get excited about. Yeah, talk about that. I mean, there's got to be some some crazy stuff that you saw. There's always at least one guy, right, who has that, that outfit that stands out. Who was that for you this year? I actually really, really liked Joey Porter Jr.'s outfit. His In the inside of his jacket, he had all of his family members' names. It was really special, a lot of meaning to, to his suit. Yeah, see, those are the really cool things that I guess with your content – we get to get a sneak preview at. We don't necessarily see it on the mainstream, but because you have a more personal touch and because the, the platforms you use have more personal touch and you're able to grow it your own way, you get to go into those stories. So tell me what that's like, kind of mixing in the NFL draft and, and this kind of sports narratives into your own kind of social media experience. Yeah, I think that's that's what I'm doing with my, my pages. Um, I'm trying to mix pop culture with sports. I'm not... The, the greatest sports expert I'm still <laughs> learning so I think to get to combine what I'm knowledgeable about which is fashion and lifestyle um, with sports kind of adds a fun touch and especially for my generation I know a lot of people that aren't interested in sports will watch my videos because they get to hear the players talking about um, just parts of their everyday life that you don't typically get to see on TV Katie Finney is up on Cofield and Company. You can go up to uh, IG. She's got about 900,000 followers there, 3.24 million subscribers up on YouTube. I mean, it seems like you're putting a YouTube video or something up on TikTok like every 15 minutes. So much good content. Back to the back to the red carpet. Now, be honest. Did you did you look at some of the guys, you check them out, and you're like, ooh, uh, fashion faux pas or, you know, the hair or something, <laughs> something like something wasn't working. Come on now. No, I thought everyone looked amazing. I mean, they look better than me, so <laughs> I can't I can't say anything. Uh, Roger Goodell, I saw him in a video with you. It was very quick. I think there was a little <laughs> sarcasm there. Um, did you get to actually chat it up? Like, I don't even know how much time Raj has to talk to people on the day of the draft. Yeah, we actually talked to – it was a group of people, but we got to talk to him for about an hour – um, I had I was able to ask him some other questions too that really? I'll publish later on. But I asked him about basically just what advice he had for me going into going into sports, and he said just to not get discouraged. He said he was rejected 53 times, and he's gotten to where he is now. So that was really encouraging. He was he was super nice, and I think yeah, the video I published already. <laughs> I think I might have convinced him to make his first ever short video <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he was in and out he gave, made, made a sarcastic face and uh he was gonzo katie feeney's with us she's uh, on courtesy of our friends with youtube and nfl sunday ticket remember june 6 is the first cutoff to get the best deal possible if you have the monthly service from youtube then the season package for sunday ticket is 249 it goes on up from there when you add in uh red zone and all the other stuff um when when do we see some of the other videos up on your platforms and is there something you could tease us with that was like extra cool and we're going to get to porter in a second because i know you're still following him but what what did you what did you think was was cool or is going to turn out to be really good content definitely the day in the life of an nfl draftee that's going to be a long-form youtube video i'm publishing next week and i followed joey around all day yesterday i got to kind of get the behind the scenes of his like what goes into to the day of um, 
going to the draft. So I got to talk to him about what he was wearing, his anxiousness, his nerves, some Penn State memories are both we both go to Penn State, so we got to talk about that connection, which was a ton of fun. And, yeah, that's probably the most exciting thing from this entire experience. It's a really cool experience because I, I, as, a, as a football guy, draft day is probably one of my favorite things. And you get to do it through this you know, digital creator, creator space, which I think is awesome. I have a son who, who wants to. He's eight years old. He, he, he's oh. already thinking about his YouTube career and what he can do to get off the ground. How did this kind of idea or this – this space for you develop and where did the idea come from is there someone you can credit with it or is it something that you just kind of came up with on your own i started um at a pretty young age just making videos for fun with my friends and once i started to gain traction on some of my videos i realized okay maybe i should take this more seriously and then going to college um i went on the field for the very first time at a penn state game it was the penn state whiteout most insane game of my life which I'm and jealous of, by love, the way. Yeah, I fell in love with the sport, and since then I've been trying to get more into sports, more into lifestyle, just really trying to create my own brand and my own business so that I can do this in the long um, term. Are you surprised by how big it's gotten? And I also saw you answering questions from people who were like, why are you even going to school? Just go to L.A. and get started. Yeah, I'm definitely very surprised. I mean, college is never not in the – in the picture for me, I like having normalcy in my life, and I want to accomplish getting a degree, which I know some people might think is silly. Like, why are you at school when you could be doing this or doing this? But for me, I think having my family and my friends surrounding me, that's, like, the most important thing. And I can still pursue this career while learning more at college and getting to spend time with um, the people I love. I'll tell you, I'm very much into when I watch TV. Um, I shouldn't do this, judging makeup and hair. Uh, my <laughs> my girlfriend actually works at a salon, and then I run it by her. She's the expert. But I did see on one of your videos, and we're talking to Katie Feeney, who's a social media influencer and creator, and she's working with YouTube and uh, Google and the NFL and Sunday Ticket. I saw you worried about your hair with a full day. At the end of the day, were you like, okay, this worked out, or absolute nightmare? <laughs> did it last the whole day or not? lasted all day i ended up just taking my hair out because i wanted to to look a little bit more red carpet ready but yeah i'd say it lasted all day i don't know about my makeup though i don't think my makeup lasted all day we had the draft here last year and i actually was kind of blown away by the energy and i've been to a lot of big events but it was it was very cool in vegas and that thing went late very late into the night last night so what was the energy like in Kansas City? And, you know, once it starts getting dark, it looked like a pretty, not crazy bad, but like a really energetic scene. Oh, yeah. The energy was just out of the park. There's definitely a lot of red, a lot of Kansas City red. That's the first thing I noticed. Uh, everyone was, yeah, very hyped up. I was inside by the end of the night, but getting out of there was a bit of a struggle just because there were Boy. so many people. Are you, uh, you going to follow Joey today? Because, uh, you know, that's not, not fun when you're you know, hoping to go in the first round. That, that's a long night, and then it's kind of an antsy second day, so you're going to be around him today? Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be around him today, but I'm, I'm going to head to the draft pretty soon here. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I like that you got advice from Roger Goodell. You know, you asked him, hey, how do I get in the business and stay in the business? Um, I'm asking for an older person. Um, they might be in their 50s. You're an expert on this. Don't laugh. Uh, <laughs> you're an expert on this on this creator thing. Is it even worth it? 
for old heads to go up and, and try to it yeah. seems like a young person's area no i mean there are all ages on this platform and i think it's a hundred percent worth it i think people like now just really want to get to know individuals and i think anyone can develop their own personal brand and i think the opportunities are endless once you do establish a platform Everyone listening in our sports audience, we've told you about Sunday Ticket. You know where it's going. It's going to YouTube. So the special right now up until June 6th is 249 and then, of course, you can grab it after that. But if you have a subscription, get on it. That's the best bargain going. Katie, we appreciate your time. By the way, not to sound like an old person because I wasn't asking for me, but um, <laughs> I did want to ask you because I hear this all the time. Do you watch TV? Um, yep, not there you go. really, no. There you go. I I feel like I watch YouTube more than I watch TV. Yep. Well, I'll give you some advice. Uh, sports radio is just its a wonderful place to expand your horizon. So if you can give a listen to sports radio every once in a while, we'll stay alive. We'll stay alive. I know you're busy today. <laughs> we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. I will definitely listen to sports radio. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. All right, we'll see you. There she is, Katie Feeney, working with YouTube, social media creator, we were watching all our videos earlier. Really good stuff. Yeah, I'm just blo I'm blown away by what people do now. Is like literally, she gets off the plane. It's like 20 second video here. You know, half an hour later, another video. It's like the, the content coming out. And I know a lot of our audience is like, "What are you doing? Yeah. What's going on?" I'm folks. You just heard it, and our one of our old guys, but is very immature and is more in tune with young people. Adam Hill says it all the time. Like. That he doesn't watch TV. No. And when I asked, she's 20, I asked her if she watches TV. She's like, no, not really. There's there's three channels that I watch, and all of them are basically sports talk shows on TV. And that's me. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a young guy, but I'm not old either. I definitely grew up in the cable era. So it, for me, I grew up watching television. But if you ask me, like, what's the hottest cable show out right now, I wouldn't know. Everything that I do watch, and we talk about this, is on a streaming service. Yep. So, like, Secession right now is my new tease while I wait for Yellowstone. So that's – I don't need cable or TV to watch that, right? But it's 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 just where things are going now. Shorts and YouTube videos. That's all you want right now. Sunday ticket, NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube TV. The uh, special for the season is two forty nine. You just got to sign up. For their service, you got to do it by June 6th. After that, it goes up a little bit, but that's where the NFL is going to be. So get it together, everybody. Get on YouTube. Everyone else is.